Attention all you rule breakers, you misfits and troublemakers, all you free spirits and pioneers, all you visionaries and nonconformists. Everything the establishment has told you is wrong with you is actually what's right with you. You see things others don't. You are hardwired to change the world. You are listening to the Spiritual Activist Radio Show, and I am Rahasia Uncensored where we look at the world not as it is, but as we know it can be, if and only if we have the courage to question the answers we've been given. This is our world, and it's time for us to take it back. Okay, here we are again. This is Rahasi Uncensored with the BBS Radio Show. Also on Rumble, rumble.com forward slash user forward slash Rahasi Uncensored but primarily on the BBS Radio, which is bbsradio.com forward slash spiritual activist. And that's what I consider myself to be, by the way, um, which is where I think my niche is coming in because I'm listening to a lot of amazing people, Dr. Malone and all these people talking about the most amazing things and the perspective and Joe Rogan and they're all like piling in here with some really good information, especially about transformation. I wrote a couple of articles in our magazine, The Lotus Guide, over this past couple of years. I've, I've seen this from the beginning for some strange reason, and I'm not sure why I didn't get sucked into it. Um, other than just a, I don't know, an inborn distrust for the government. Remember, when this government was first brought about, by we the people, uh, we made a deal with the government to keep it limited. We gave them permission to have 16 agencies. Well, here we are now with not only 6,000 agencies. We're basically working every day. The common people are working every day to support the government now. It's so top-heavy and so overbearing. They don't even know what they are doing. They're a bunch of complete morons. But unfortunately, on top of them, the global elites, the globalists, whatever you want to call them, they're not morons, although they're doing moronic things for moronic reasons. And this will lead us down a path that we don't want to go. And we have enough history in our past to really show us what we're doing now. This isn't like back in the days of Nazis or back in the days of revolutions in France where we didn't realize where a dictatorship could go. Now we know where it goes. It goes to annihilating most of the people. And like with Stalin, he killed 60% of his global elites that were fighting for him because he knew a secret about transformation And I know a secret about transformation, too, that nobody's talking about. Here's where it comes in. There's a lot of dots to connect here. Transformation psychosis is totally real. It goes back all the way to Plato's cave, all the way back there. And people all along the line have been talking about this. Rudolf Steiner, Swedenborg, my God, Heraclitus. A long list of philosophers and spiritual visionaries have been talking about how mob madness can take root 
and take the whole society down a path that we don't really want to go. I mean, look at apartheid. Look what happened there. I mean, this could happen here. The trouble is we don't have anything, any group or race to point at that. And that, that's not really the right word, trouble, because uh, it's a fortunate that we don't. But what we do have to point it at is a the latest whatever on the board, whether it's COVID-19, that's sort of dwindling away. Now it's the Ukraine, that'll be dwindling away, hopefully. But somewhere along the line, we, we need to grab hold of this. But before we get into that, I just want to bring up something that's um, it's a bittersweet moment for my wife and I, because we're going to take our Lotus Guide out of print. Now, there's a number of reasons for this. One is we're not getting the community support that we need to stay in business comfortably. And paper prices keep going up, and our printer told us there might come a time when they won't even be able to have the paper. So we're trying to get ahead of that and go totally digital. Uh, we're going to put out two, well, one, two, or three, probably three more issues, including the one that's just now coming out. And this is May 21st. It's going to come out in about a week. So for those of you who can see this, I'm just putting up the front cover of the next issue. And on this, we have... Uh, the Paradise Fire, we have Joe Dispenza talking about the power of mind, we have Bruce Lipton, which we've had several times, talking about the coronavirus, we have the uh, Dakota Pipeline, we have uh, Wayne Dyer, we have Are We Alone? Are We Alone in the Universe? This is a legitimate question now. Uh, it wasn't when we first asked it. We have Chemtrails right on the front cover at a time where nobody... I guess nobody was looking up. Uh, another one by Bruce Lipton, The Honeymoon Effect. Uh, another one by Bruce Lipton. He, he's a friend at this point. He, he's been so kind to us over the years. Uh, he was in one of our first magazines. And I remember, I think it was like the third or fourth issue, the cover. We had a fetus on the cover, sort of embraced in a heart. And... <laughs> This is crazy. This is crazy. The local bowling alley here in Chico called us and said, come and get these magazines out of here. So I, I went down to the bowling alley. I said, sure, we'll get them out of here. Why do you want them out of here? And he says, well, it has a naked baby on the cover. I said, well, this is actually a fetus. And he said, well, yeah, it's true, but you know how guys can be. And I told him, I said, what? I used to think I knew how guys could be. I It wouldn't even enter my mind that a fetus would be considered a naked baby. Of course, nowadays, they they not only allow naked babies, they, they're trying to get to the point where they're going to abort them after they're born. Uh, that's, a, that's a path that we better not go down uh, when abortion becomes absolute murder. And this is probably the reason for the knee-jerk response with Roe v. Wade and everything else. Everybody's just going, no, no abortions at all until we figure this out. Because we can't keep doing this. We cannot keep just going down this road further and further and further and further. I mean, there comes a point where, hey, 
enough is enough. Okay, so before we get into the the crux of the matter, which this is Batiko part four, um, I want to touch on a couple things. Uh, for those of you who can see, this is our comic. Every every Lotus Guide we have a comic strip in it. This one, for those of you who can't see, it's uh, one of our characters. Tazal uh, does these things. One of our characters, he's got on virtual reality mask. He's got on all kinds of technological equipment, a little antenna, and he's disappeared into virtual reality. And the other little creature beside him has question marks all around him. And in the background, there's 5G radiation, there's possible nuclear war, there's uh, chemtrails, there's factories spewing. It, it's the hellish reality that we're living in. But the uh, the little creature, the little kid here, is in virtual reality where everything looks beautiful, you know. And at the top it says, what will we do with billions of economically useless humans? The answer was drugs and virtual reality. And that answer was given by Yuval Noah Harari. And he's the head economic forum advisor. He wants to put everybody on drugs and in virtual reality machines. That's what he's going to do with the useless humans because he says in a technological society, a lot of people won't know what to do. They'll be useless. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. That could be a little touchy. Could be a little touchy. Here's another quick thing. Uh, before we get started into the Wetiko subject, there's a couple news things here that I, I think is worth mentioning. One is 2,000 Mules. If you haven't seen it, you can go to rumble.com and watch it. BitChute, I... I Starting not to trust them now, you know, they, they blocked it because it's overwhelming evidence that the election was a complete fraud. So so I think we need to take a keep our eye on bit shoot. Now, the second thing I'd like to bring up real quick is uh, coming from the Wall Street Journal, which is interesting. This is only five minutes, but this is about Hillary. And. Um, OK, now. It looks like we're after Hillary, right? But we've been after Hillary and Bill Clinton for, God, two or three decades. It goes all the way back to Arkansas and teenagers being killed by the rail, down by the railroad tracks and the smuggling in of cocaine with uh, the CIA. They made movies about this, about them and Barry Seal. But listen to this, and I'm going to tell you something really interesting about Hillary and why they're not going to be able to get her on this, I don't think. Listen to this. The first trial stemming from special counsel John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Trump-Russia probe is set to get underway in Washington Monday with former Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman facing charges that he lied to the FBI when he claimed less than two months before the 2016 election that he was not working on behalf of any client when he brought them a tip about a possible connection between the Trump organization and a Russian bank. Oh my God, he lied. I can't believe he lied like that. We all knew he was lying when he was lying. But now they're finally talking about it a little bit. They're going to throw this guy under the bus. And 
for him to save himself, he'll have to expose himself for what he really is. He's just a rat. He's going to rat out uh, Hillary. Our own Kim Strassel has been following the Durham probe from the start and is here with a preview of next week's trial. So, Kim, you wrote this week that uh, no matter how this trial turns out, conviction or acquittal, uh, John Durham in many ways has already succeeded as a special counsel. Why don't you explain that? Well, it's pretty straightforward, Paul. There's been a lot of focus on this particular case and some of the rulings from the judge. What does it mean, victory, defeat? My point is that the special counsel from day one, it was incredibly clear that these prosecutions aside, his goal was to use his indictments, use his filings in court to unspool the entire story of what really went on in 2016. And he has done so. And that's probably what we're going to have to be satisfied with. Because here's the thing, <clears throat> no, not too many people know about this, and I'm not even too sure I want to say it, but I'll show you an interesting book here. And this is why Hillary will not be convicted of any of these kinds of crimes. Because if you do this, which has something to do with your let's just say your political status. Very few people realize that she is not a citizen. She is a state national. Now, many, many, many lawyers changes their status for this reason, because if you're state national, the only thing you can be convicted of is if you directly harmed or murdered somebody or, more specifically, treason. That's how they have to get her, is for treason. Uh, because all this is just theater and uh, hoopla that we're, they just shove down our throats. But um, it's going to get interesting because now it is uncovering the insanity and the criminality behind what went on with Trump. I mean, he spent three years just doing nothing but fighting Complete nonsense. And speaking of nonsense, I mean, I, I try to explain this to people. Um, for those of you who can't see this, it's about wearing a mask and the size of the virus. A sense of scale. If coronavirus were the size of ping pong balls, the mask gaps by our nose and cheek would be the holes at least two to three miles wide. You know, I've often told people, hey, that would be like trying to keep mosquitoes out by putting up a chain link fence. It doesn't make any sense. It's just all theater. Aerosol virus also go right through the weave. Masks, including the N95, are worthless at stopping aerosolized transmission. Let's get these devices off of our kids' faces and ours. Time to breathe again without fear. Yeah, an N95 mask, it has a very limited application, and that is in clean rooms, uh, really, really, really uh, isolated situations in hospitals. But that's only because the environment is sterile. And people tell you this, uh, that's in the know and not being paid off by some bullshit uh, government agency. So, you know, just let that sink in for a second. I mean, 
If the virus was the size of a ping pong ball, the holes in the mask, the little face diaper that you're wearing, the holes in that little mask would be two to three miles wide. How are you going to stop a ping pong ball in a net where the squares are two to three miles wide? I mean, you're not going to do it. It's so ridiculous. And this is what we're going to get into today because transformation psychosis is one way, and I should say one level, of how to look at what's going on. Because that's a legitimate psychological level. But when I talk about Wetiko, that is the the underneath the ground, underneath the atmosphere of psychology and what goes on in society. There is this invisible alien force that is penetrating our dimension. And they've been doing this for millennia. Everybody has talked about it. Like I say, it goes all the way back to Plato's cave. And transformation psychosis brings up some interesting points. And I'm going to bring this out uh, during this time. But first, we're going to look at a couple of things, a few things that are being said on the Internet, in the news. And people are actually talking about demonic possession, uh, the Watiko the archons, these off-planet interdimensional beings coming in, but they're not really realizing that that's actually what they're talking about. Okay, now, this is Inspired Channel. Jean here, he is talking about what I'm talking about, but just not putting the, the name on it. Other people talk about what I'm talking about, and they call it transformation, psychosis, all kinds of things. Listen what he has to say here, and you'll see what I mean. Everybody's starting to skim along the surface of what's really going on here. And so through this awakening, there's a natural inclination within all of us to change what we're seeing because what we're seeing isn't really human. What we're seeing isn't really sustainable. What we're seeing doesn't really feed our souls. It doesn't feed Mother Earth. It's a destructive system. That is put... Pretty plain and pretty simple. It's not human. And you can take that any way you want to. It could go in the way of being AI, but it could go in the way of being what I see it. And it could be interlaced and connected somehow with interdimensional uh, entities. Organizations that have uh, inconvenient for him stories that that they're getting out there that he's calling fake news and now lashing out at platforms, I would never want to see our executive branch have that sort of power. You could be in charge of it if you want. Okay, that I'll do. Um, our executive branch have that sort of... Did I say not? I meant should. Imagine that. That's no way to run a country. That's not even the way to run one mind. Perhaps the most interesting revelation is that in May 2020, she said that the executive arm of the government should not control speech. Did I say not? I meant should. Now, this person you're going to be listening to, uh, not, not Russell Brand. He, he's, he's a character and he talks a little bit too fast for me, but that's great because he can bring a, uh, some resemblance of comedy into what's happening. And that's important to get people to listen to you. 
if you can make people laugh normally you know unless you're will smith normally you take it with a grain of salt and you realize that that is a comics license to do the things they do to push the boundaries now what he's bringing up here and what i'm bringing up is just an example of how Wetiko, these interdimensional spirits, can twist things around. Because it was not long ago that this girl said exactly what she's doing, or actually was going to do. She resigned now. It's, she was a short blip on the screen because of something she did on TikTok. It's ridiculous. I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't even want to put that in your brains. It's so bizarre. But she was going to be head of the Ministry of Truth. Now look look what she's saying and doing now. Listen to this. Imagine that, you know, with President Trump right now calling all of these news organizations that have uh, inconvenient for him stories that they that they're getting out there that he's calling fake news and now lashing out at platforms. I would never want to see our executive branch have that sort of power. You could be in charge of it if you want. Okay, that I'll do. <laughs> That's what I mean. He, he brings out a good uh, comic side of this. And that's why, you know, the legislative process with our duly elected uh, officials is really important. That sort of consultative rulemaking process. Now, look at the faces on the other two people, if you can see this. They're like, okay, um, we'll see. Um, and we can't just govern by executive order anymore. People can persuade themselves of anything, don't you think? And that's the problem. They're persuading themselves of anything and everything it takes to support the narrative. Okay, I, I'm, I have to apologize in advance for doing this to you, but you, you have to see. Now, remember what she was saying. It would be really, really wrong for a, any branch of government to censor or tell you what you could read, listen to, see, or anything. Now, I think what I'm going to show you right now I think this is why she so-called um, resigned. I, I don't think she was resigned. I think she was just, she was too idiotic even for the idiots. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. Oh, my God, I can't take any more of that. So that's what we're dealing with. Look at the look on her face, if you can see it. That is complete insanity. She has flip-flopped 180 degrees, and this is what Wetiko does. It can't create. It can only imitate. So it takes the creation force, the creation people, what they've created, and inverts it and puts it back out as what it, that's theirs she took everything that she was saying that she believed in a few months ago inverted it and put it back out there but fortunately she put it back out there so idiotic that even like i say the idiots can't even handle that so they took her off um supposedly she uh, resigned but we all know what that's about now this is on band.video InfoWars, and yes, I, I watch Alex Jones because he's been 90, 95% right in the past 25 years. So 
why shouldn't I watch him? Um, he's wrong once in a while, but he usually comes, well, he does always come back and say he's wrong. But this gentleman is running against uh, Omar, Elon Omar, whatever the hell her name is, um, because, because of a number of reasons. But what he's talking about here is someone that is for abortion. And this will give you an idea of how crazy this can get. Listen what he says that this woman is saying she wants to do. Norma McCorvey was was so hell-bent on having an abortion. And in that case, might I add, she claimed that the man who got her pregnant um, was someone who she believed that she was in love with, but later on realized that she wasn't. And when she realized that, she was angry, she was disappointed, she was sad, she was de detached, disconnected from reality, from humanity. These things happen in, 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 in greater and greater occurrence when people don't have any spiritual anchors, when people don't have any metaphysical anchors, when people don't have any sanctity in their life, why on earth would anybody even say that out loud? I mean, even if you thought it, I'll say it again. This time I won't cuss, control. I almost want to get pregnant with Trump's baby and let it get to full term just so I can rip it halfway out and cut its head off. Okay. Whew. And this is going around TikTok quite a bit. Um, if you look on TikTok, you can see this kind of thing being talked about with uh, these idiots out there talking about having people's babies and yanking it out and cutting its head off and just all kinds of bizarre things that I don't even want to go into. But you tell me that this isn't Watiko. This, this has got to be an interdimensional spirit. And I, I know he, he said he wouldn't cuss, but he did cuss the first time. And I tell you, if, if you can listen to this and maintain not saying a bad word, uh, a bad word representing what you're just what you've just heard is the least of the fucking problems. Now this is for, this is from Jay's analysis. Um, he does a pretty good job. He's well read. He's really read a lot of books, and some of the books that he's read, uh, I I really have enjoyed throughout my life. C.S. Lewis is one of them. Listen what he has to say about C.S. Lewis and his space trilogy, which not too many people even know about. Because I realized uh, through reading C.S. Lewis's space trilogy, which is an overlooked um, dystopian story that has actually redemptive Christian themes, I think that's why it's overlooked, is that you, you can't have a Christian-themed dystopia story nowadays. you got to have things that are really uh, nihilistic and depressing. I, I mean, I think Brave New World in 1984 are great books, but they don't leave you with much hope. And the thing with uh, C.S. Lewis's space trilogy is that he brings in the not just the spiritual warfare, satanic element of what we're undergoing in these days, but he also brings in the redemptive hope aspect of it. And that's important to realize. 
there is a redemptive force that's going on right now. And one of the things that happens, and I hope we have time to get to this. I might have to do Watiko Part 5. Who knows? I might end up doing Watiko Part 99 because this is so important to realize what is really going on under the, behind the curtain, I should say. Okay, now here's Alex Jones. This is on the Alex Jones Infowars channel. And it's just to further illustrate the satanic uh, insanity that's going on right now within our government, within the media. How can we possibly be talking about this and not taking it serious that there is a satanic, demonic element to what's going on? I, I can't believe human nature is this depraved. Here is MSNBC uh, host guest saying wants to make sweet love to the, to the Supreme Court leaker and then kill the baby with them. And you see a lot of this, the mixing in, killing babies with sexual pleasure. I'm going to put a compilation together of this because there's a lot of this. There's a fetish out there where you get pregnant and then you kill the baby together. This is demonic. These people are purely satanic. I want to play this clip and then talk about the big awakening, 40 billion for Ukraine. But at the very same time, no baby formula. Here it is. Yes, so I mean, here's the thing. Here's my feeling about the leaker. I I would like to find out who the leaker is, so I could make sweet love to that person, because that person is a <laughs> hero to me. Okay. Now notice how these people are laughing. I mean, they're actually laughing at this on MSNBC. If you can see their faces, they're they're grinning and laughing at what can only be described as some kind of a satanic sacrifice. Okay. And if the leaker, yeah. a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative. If the leaker is a Republican, uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. I probably didn't. Um, it, it was a little, it was a little off topic. It was a little, go ahead, okay. Joe, <laughs> take this one. I mean, you know, what? it's all rumor right now, right? Been having to look pretty heavily for it, I would say, for the last four or five months. But so, yeah, who cares about things like that or baby formula shortage? Uh, because we can shut down Abbott, which is responsible for forty-three percent of the baby formulas, and what we do have, we can ship down to the border for people coming across the border illegally. That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I don't know about you, but... Now, this is Roger Stone. He's on the Alex Jones show quite a bit. Um, him and his wife was interrupted like at 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, they arrested him like he was some kind of a, a violent terrorist with a task force and military-style operation. And all they had to do was just knock on his door that morning and say, hey, Roger, you need to come in because you're under arrest. They would have just went in. They didn't have to traumatize them like that. And they have pretty much, um, I don't know, destroyed his life almost. He's been in bankruptcy as well as Alex Jones. And um, listen what he has to say. Well, Alex, I think you're absolutely right about the fact that you and I are, after Donald Trump, two of the most hated men in the Americas. Uh, among the American left. But here's the good news. 
were also two of the most beloved because millions, millions of patriots across this country, the silent majority, and we are a majority, understand what this fight is about. Understand this isn't just some regular partisan political squabble, but more importantly, an epic struggle between good and evil, between dark and light, between the godly and the godless. And I, as I've said in rallies across the country, if we lose this fight, America will step off into a thousand years of darkness. And I believe that to be true. I, I, I totally believe that uh, I've never really been a nationalist, but I, I'm feeling compelled to step in that to that arena at this point, because when you read the Constitution, you realize that that was an inspired document. And this is the greatest social experiment in the history of this planet. And we're just sitting back watching Netflix and just letting it go in the name of getting some really good free stuff or free money or bullshit kind of plastic stuff that we buy from China and sex slave shops. I mean, I guess in the end, we're going to get what we deserve. And personally, I think we deserve more. I know I do. I deserve a good life. I deserve a life of freedom and abundance and being able to love and care with compassion other people that need help. But that's not the way we're going. Uh, we're going in a completely opposite direction. Okay, now this is uh, Dr. Malone and Professor Desmond uh, and their warning of um, mass formation danger. And you can get this on band.video. They're not going to let it on the internet on these open platforms, like uh, open probably is uh, not the right term for YouTube right now. But you can go to band.video and watch the whole thing. It's called Exclusive Dr. Malone and Professor Desmond Warn of Counter Mass Formation Danger. And I tell you, if there's nothing you've ever watched lately, you should watch this. But this is a little bit of, of their a segment of what they're talking about because they once again, they're, they're touching on Watiko, these interdimensional spirits, but they're not really getting down to naming it. Uh, right here, they're calling it the deep state, possibly. Let's just listen to this, and we'll come back. Before you get, get into that, maybe this will be related. Um, there was a couple, like, we'll say buzzwords that, or, or things that you were saying um, to describe uh, what mass formation is and and you know, using this anxiety to um, put it on something. And you talked about an invisible enemy. And and because I always try to be a fair person and, and objective and, and look outside the box, when you said invisible enemy, for some reason, um, deep state came to mind. So I'm going to be the devil's advocate and, and say, in your opinion. Do you See, we, we even unknowingly... In, through linguistics and unconscious programming and slipping the truth out, she's becoming the devil's advocate. In other words, a lawyer for the devil. And she means that symbolically and as a form of speech, but things slip out through our language. I think that, because um, typically I think we're seeing 
the left really embrace mass formation and the left like embrace mask and things like that. So you would tend to think of mass formation as being something that the left is embracing. And you were talking about socialism using mass formation. That's the important part of that. But I, I really encourage you to watch the whole thing. So what you've been listening to and watching for the past few minutes has been uh, a, a little compilation of how people are misinterpreting what's going on. Uh, not on purpose, but they're misinterpreting it because this goes much deeper into an interdimensional realm than what most people want to even contemplate. But when you really start getting into mass formation psychosis, you understand right away that we're in a battle, not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, principalities being interdimensional spirits. And once again, we've been warned about this. And the reason I keep repeating some of these things in part one, two, three, four, and however long this goes, is because it took a while for it to sink into me the the diabolic, the demonic nature of what's going on. Now, I could play you some uh, video clips of people going bat shit crazy over any number of things that are out there. Abortion seems to be the big one right now. And I have to tell you right up front, I don't have the moral depth or the spiritual authority to speak too much about abortion. I would say that I would probably err on the side of caution. I mean, where does it stop? Um, I should play one clip for you that I, I think really gets this point across pretty good. Hang on. Okay, now this is a congressman or a senator uh, questioning this girl that has something to do with an abortion movement. Uh, listen to how ridiculously stupid these people are that are making decisions, life and death situations, that could be uh, affecting your eternal existence. And what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old or nine months old or one week old or an hour old than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero. What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? Now, see, that that's an honest question. I mean, wh wh where is the line of demarcation? Where does it become uh, morally reprehensible to do an abortion? Is it at the moment of conception or for sure it's not when they're two years old, right? I mean, and he gets into this and, and listen to this girl uh, answer it. It's not even an answer. She She's like a robot coming out with the same answer over and over and over. She never answers. I trust people to determine what to do with their own bodies. Wow. Full stop. Wow. Full stop. And he asked the abortion advocate, Ms. Arambide, to answer my questions on this subject. Ma'am, you testified that you are, quote, unapologetic in seeking unrestricted abortion access. So I'm wondering, at what point is it not okay to abort a child? What, what age of gestation? 
I trust all people to determine what they can and can't do with their bodies. Full stop. Okay. I also believe that human rights, um, including access to the medical care, medical care that they need within their communities, is something that should be afforded everyone. Great. But, I mean, doesn't that apply to unborn babies and born babies? Okay, so you, you support late-term abortion? I support all people... And trust that means late-term abortion. Do you support partial birth abortion? In other words, the child is half-delivered, and then the woman says, my right, I want to take that one out. You support that? I trust people to make decisions about wow. their body. Wow. Okay. What, what about, um, so, so abortion should be allowed then, by your definition, for any reason, for any purpose, at any stage, right? I trust people to make decisions about their body, and then when relevant, I think that they need to consult their medical Practitioners, okay, and not is, if Congress? it is. Listen, let me just ask you this question: If it is not lawful and morally acceptable to take the life of a ten-year-old child, I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong, correct? I believe that. Okay, that is and wrong. a two-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then, what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old, or nine months old, or one week old, or an hour old, than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero? What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I trust people to determine what to do with their own bodies. Wow. Full stop. Wow. Full stop indeed. And that describes right there exactly what this is about. There's a legal issue here, but un underneath that is a moral issue. It's about reality. It's about science, the advancement of medical technology. You're talking about unborn children, and you're, you're full stop is that you will support the termination of that child at any time. And that is frightening. And that is why this decision should be turned to the... And if you can't see her, she has this stupid, smirky smile on her face. And, and she's being accused, basically, of murder. I mean, when I was a kid, which was a long time ago, but even five years ago, three years ago, um, if you killed a newborn... It was considered murder, not a, a late-term abortion. The will of the people, and hopefully they'll protect the sanctity of every single human life and live up to the standards of our Declaration of Independence. So I yield back. Gentlemen, yields back. Uh, is back. <clears throat> well, I mean, if that isn't a little bit frightening to anybody that has a brain, uh, I'm not too sure what it would take to, like, wake you up a little bit to what's going on. And once again, the people that are against these abortions, I think a lot of them could be, oh, you could do some compromising with them. I mean, um, first trimester, possibly, uh, be okay to abort a baby or before the you hear a heartbeat. I mean, there's some middle ground here. And even, even the people that are standing on religious grounds that this is something that God has control of and God makes perfect decisions and this is a perfect baby, well, they don't take into consideration the fact that there are way more aborted fetuses naturally. Uh, is that by God? I, I Did God just change his mind 
Um, now you can't use the God thing totally as a omnipotent, omnipresent, omnipowerful being. Otherwise, he's a screw up. You know that doesn't make any sense at all. Somehow we have to get control of this, but for now, I, I would say we have to go and err on the side of caution. And say, you know what? No abortions whatsoever until we figure this out. Because what's happening now is they're pushing and pushing hard. There's 15 states that's trying to push legislation through to where you can abort, I, I say murder, abort a baby within a week and as high as three and four weeks after the baby is born. It, I mean, if that isn't the most supreme, extreme, insane example of demonic forces at work here. Because, and, and I, I don't want to get into this totally towards the end of the show, but we, we have to touch on this. We have to force ourselves to think about this. Because what are they actually talking about? Uh, it's not a doctor that really enjoys killing a baby, however they do that, injection or putting it in an oven. I don't know. What what would they do? That's not the point. The point is, is they're using that baby for uh, organ transplants. That baby is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to the hospital for its organs. And that's dark. I, I admit that that is really dark uh, for a parent a mother, uh, a chest feeder, whatever you want to call them now, a person with a vagina, it, it's so screwed up. It, you, you almost have to laugh a little bit, but it's so serious that you have to catch yourself and go, no, this is not funny. These people are serious about taking lives. And as serious as it is to think about that life being taken for organ harvesting, uh, so I guess they don't have to go to Korea or someplace and buy babies and bring them back. It really gets dark when you start looking into the fact, not a conspiracy theory, the fact that they are sacrificing babies through demonic rituals. Now, this gets into a whole nother level of insanity that... Um, I mean, if you can't see the insanity of that and the immorality and the deprivation of things like that happening, I don't know. I I, I listen to sometimes the, the talks from um, Underground Railroad. They're, they're going out and rescuing babies and little children and stuff. And some of the things that they say sort of off the side will will be totally disturbing to anybody that wants to listen to it. We have an article in this issue, this issue being one of the last issues of Lotus Guide in print. We're going to be digital, but we have an issue, we have an article this time about uh, the sex slavery and the, the human sacrificing. And I know I, I don't think she gets into that. She barely touches on it because that's so dark, you know. 
it, it's easy to discredit everything you're saying by you even bringing it up. But um, you know what? I don't care anymore. If if you've turned me off by now and switched over to Netflix, God bless you and goodbye. Because this is for adults, a, a spiritual adults that have gotten past the adolescent stage of blind rebellion against their parental governmental overlords. Um, we, we've got to get past that even because what's coming at us, folks, if you knew what I knew, matter of fact, if I would tell the average person half of what I know, not what I suspect, what I know is coming, it, and they believed it, it would completely disrupt their lives because they would be unprepared for it. This is something that I've had to wade into this icy, cold, demonic, dark stuff a tiptoe at a time because it can be overwhelming. I mean, it's so dark out there that now I watch Alex Jones just to sit back and drink my coffee and chill out. <clears throat> the things he's talking about are are dark and sinister and everything else. But when you drill down into what's being talked about and really look and talk to the people that it's happening to, it, it, it will take your breath away. And if you're careful, if you're not careful, it'll take your soul away. These Wetiko entities, they eat that kind of energy. And that energy is soul energy. And forget about your morphic field. That, that's how they get in. But once they get in deep into your spirit and soul, you're in trouble then. How many people are in prison, sitting in a cell, talking to their bunkmate, telling them, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know what got into me. I, I, I have no idea why I did what I, I loved that person. I loved them. Yeah, we were having a hard time, but I, I can't imagine myself doing what I did. The prison is full of these people. Are, are, are they all just bullshitting? No. A good portion of them, I think, are serious. They, they had no idea what they were doing. You know, what, what, what did the kid have in his mind when he walked into a market? And I think, I don't know, Detroit or someplace, uh, and killed 10 people. I mean, the first people he killed was a couple of black ladies out in the parking lot just loading their groceries to bring some food home to their family. Totally innocent. They weren't doing anything. He shot and killed them. I mean, how many situations, how many scenarios do I have to bring up to convince people that there's something going on at a deeper, deeper level, and it's coming in through an interdimensional portal that has been cracked wide open. We could get into that too. I mean, we're firing up CERN again. We're spashing electrons and neutrons and particles together, trying to open up these portals by their own admission. You should hear what some of the scientists are saying that actually partake in what they call the living room, which is the after the business hours, the research that goes on at CERN. They're honestly trying to bring about 
and open up a portal to let in demonic beings. And I think they already have. Uh, we may have done that when we did the Philadelphia Project, when we ripped a tear in the fabric of space-time by doing that particular uh, research and experiment. Watch the Philadelphia Project. It's, it's not all just theater. Well, there's a lot of truth there. It used to be called the Rainbow Project, and then they changed it. You know, it used to be that the government, just a few days ago, uh, a good portion of the government still were saying UFOs aren't real. Now, they've, the Pentagon's released over 400 encounters they've had with unidentified flying objects. I mean, what else are they holding back? When those floodgates come open, it is going to absolutely blow people's minds. I mean, I can remember listening to Coast to Coast years ago, Art Bell talking to people, whistleblowers coming out of uh, Area 51, which I think is pretty much moved to Pine Gap now over in Australia. But they were frantic about getting information out to the people and trying to expose what is going on, especially at the deeper levels at Area 51. You get down 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 stories, you're getting down to a depth where it's all controlled by aliens. And, and this is happening at deep underground military bases all over the planet. They're in, interconnected through these tunnels. We know this now. This is no longer a conspiracy theory. Um, l listen to some of the things that Phil Snyder has to say. He was an engineer that was building some of these deep underground military bases and in Dulce, uh, New Mexico, it caved in. And he went down with some other people into the cave-in and found himself in a situation confronted by alien beings that were holding their hands on their chest and shooting a blue beam at him. And he can show you his fingertips got blown off. His toes got blown off. Uh, one of the Marines came down in a bucket and saved his life and died in the process. I mean, these are serious situations that we're having. And we won't even get into the Antarctic. I mean, why aren't we allowed to fly down there? Is it because it's a restricted airspace? Or is it because we can't fly over it? We end up flying into it. Like, some. I, I'm going to say the flat earth people talk about this, but most flat earthers, they have no idea what they're talking about. What they're actually talking about, misconstruing, is our whole reality could be a torus-shaped reality. And that gets into something else, too. There's so much, so much going on. But I, I think what we have to pay attention to right now is right now we have to start paying attention. And the only protection that you have against these interdimensional beings is holding love in your heart and compassion and empathy for other people because that is the frequency that they cannot enter in on. That could be why we were told to love our enemies. That could be told why we told treat others as you would have them treat yourself. We are all brothers and sisters within this realm and we have to start raising the vibration of all of us to a higher level 
so we can starve these entities out and back into their old dimensions. But you know what? That's not what's going to happen. If we start starving them out, they're going to start going even more into the lower frequency people that are out there with hate and vengeance. We're going to start seeing people going so crazy that we're going to have to start carrying a a weapon on us even to go to the grocery store. These people are going to get so demented, so diabolic, if we're not careful, that we won't be able to go out and be safe anymore. I, I think that day is already here with a lot of cities. So it seems like I always do this. I, I want to leave everybody on an up note. But you know what? They're, the only up note that I can tell you about is... By looking at the darkness, looking at the negativity, looking at this Swatiko, these demonic spirits, it will revitalize your spirit, your soul. You will become an angelic spiritual warrior because this may be the last stand. This might be where the, the line is drawn in the sand against good and evil. Maybe that's what's behind all of these sacred writings and biblical writings and the Vedic literature, the Upanishads. They're all talking about this time in history where we are going to be confronted and it could be the last confrontation, if we're not careful, of evil taking over. I don't think they can do it. I don't think evil has ever, in the end, won. I don't think that that's possible because in a universe that's billions of years old, if that's possible, they would have already won and we would be living in hell right now. But we're living in a virtual heaven compared to what it could be. But this could get very bad, folks. And I, I really appreciate you listening in and taking the time to ponder and grok these thoughts. Because not only your life could depend on it, your eternal existence could depend on it. Thank you. And... Good night. What goes-